Okay, welcome back to the Beyond the Pitch podcast, season one, episode 20-something, part two. Um, 20-something, part one was out yesterday. So if you haven't listened to that, I would highly recommend doing so. I am joined uh, again by Matt. Uh, welcome back. This is your fourth time, I guess. Uh, it's good to have you here, mate. We, we, we've done much. All... Good to be back again. Yeah, <laughs> again, 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 for the second time tonight. Uh, we, look, we're going to kick things off uh, with our best 11 of uh, the 2022-2023 Premier League season. Uh, we're not going to worry too much about formation, but we'll go through um, each of our players in that relative positions, um, like one by one. And then we'll do the full, we can read out the full team at the end or whatever. So uh, let's kickstart things with goalkeepers. Um, as you're the guest, would you like to take the honour of who is your goalkeeper in the team of the season? My goalie is Alisson. Alisson prevented 8.5 goals, conceded 43 in a very average Liverpool defence this season. So I think without him, they wouldn't have got near Mountain the top four challenge. Okay, now I feel like uh, there's probably some slight. I'd like to point out Man United conceded less goals than Liverpool uh, this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am going to go for David De Gea. Look, he got the Golden Glove. Okay, he gets a lot of hate and stick out there. So I've got to stick up for my man, my keeper. I've got to stick up for him because I know the bloody British media in general hates him. He got the Golden Glove for a reason. Most clean sheets. He was a one clean sheet away from equaling his best record ever of 18 um, Premier League clean sheets in a season. He got 17 this year, uh, but look, he beat all the competitions. So for me, it kind of makes sense for him to be in my in my in my team. And I think he's I think under Ten Hag, he's improved massively. Um, his distribution has become so so much better. So I can I can already tell there's going to be some hate towards that uh, that selection, but I do what I like. All right, uh, let's start with your left back, or I don't know whether you've gone for a wing back or whatever. But that rough position hit me with who you've gone for. I've gone with the best left back in the league, Luke Shaw. All right, I think that's fair. Best, he's been brilliant at centre back and left back this season, so I think it's very much deserved. I thought he's been excellent. Yeah, I. He was shortlisted between him and Estupinian for me. Mm. Um, I think Shaw's ability to be diverse in whichever role he plays has been fantastic. Um, I mean, he's filled in centre-back with that for us so many times this season and been better than Maguire and Lindelof. Maguire, most definitely. Uh, Lindelof hasn't been bad this, this season. I think he should stay during the summer. Um, but if we're talking just left back, I might go for Estupinian just because for me, he's a really real standout player this season, uh, going forward him alongside, um, Matoma, especially in the second half of this season has just been absolutely lethal with their overlaps together. So I'm going to go for Estupinian. Um, let's go for your, your, uh, one of your center backs, whichever center back you want to go for first. Yeah, left centre back. I've gone Gabriel uh, from Arsenal. Started all thirty-eight games. I think he's a mainstay uh, in the defence throughout the season. I think Arsenal's defence was very solid until uh, Saliba's injury. So I think that's 
very deserved for him to be okay. slotting in there. Um, I've gone for Botman. Um, I actually weirdly think that he shouldn't have been on uh, the player of the season list, which I know is slightly then controversial to be him, me putting him in my team of the season. Uh, but I think like that Newcastle defence has been absolutely phenomenal and that whole squad has transformed under Eddie Howe. Um, as we all know, they they finished a, a very well deserved fourth. Um, but looking at the the other looking at the other options of who could be in in team of the season centre back, I'm not sure. I'd look. I'd love to put, and you might have ended up picking him uh, uh, next door, but next next to him, Martinez has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, I think he's the butcher, and he was. It's basically between him and Botman, but I think Botman is probably the safer option. Uh, Martinez hasn't been completely perfect uh, this year and uh, not not the world's best going forward uh, until until recent weeks where he's weirdly been spotted in the midfield quite a lot. He seems to love seeing himself um, quite far up in the midfield. All right, who is your other centre-back option? I'm going to say mine first quickly. Um, prior to injury, I picked Saliba. Um and then if I'm not allowed to leave it because he basically wasn't there for half the season, uh, I then did go for Varane because I think he's completely overlooked again. Um, and it, I guess it's between Varane, Varane, Saliba and Diaz. I, I haven't really made a choice. So maybe maybe you better go uh, before <laughs> anyone starts having a go at me. Well, it's quite funny because I've picked none of them three. And gone with wow. uh, General John Stones. Ah, okay. I think because he's been so good. I think he's so underrated. And since he stepped into midfield, I I would have gone Diaz, but I don't think he's played enough. And that might uh-huh. be me just being um, wrongly assuming that. But I'm pretty sure he only returned uh, from injury around the start of this calendar year. So I think I think Stones has played more, and I think Stones has been brilliant when he has played. Yeah. So I've gone with. I've I mean, gone he's fantastic in an England shirt. So maybe that's poor from me overlooking um, the general. Wagwan generals. <laughs> if you know, you know. All right. Well, I'm kind of presuming we will have the same uh, right back option. Uh, maybe not. I really would have loved to put. Aaron Wambasaka in there. Um, I, there's been a lot of uh, Man United bias for me already. Uh, just because one on one, there is no better man than Aaron Wambasaka. He's absolutely phenomenal. But I went for Kieran Trippier. Yeah, same. Same. Agreed yeah, I feel I feel like that's self-explanatory. Um, he can do everything, uh, and he, except from the fact he he did score an own goal on the final day of the season. Uh, which is a little bit annoying for him. Uh, Chelsea's goal of the month comes from Kieran Trippier. So uh, <laughs> that's very good. Um, let's move into the midfield. Um, your first choice for your, I don't know what your, I don't know what your um, formation is, but hit me with the midfielder. Yeah, it's a bit of a, a bit of a random formation. We kind of got a two in midfield, but not really the same position. I've got, I've got Rodri as a sitting midfielder. I think just Mr. Consistent in that city midfield. He's so good at winning the ball back, so good at dictating play. I think he is the best defensive midfielder in the world. 
Why? I also I also picked Rodri. Um, I completely agree. Uh, he's a uh, pretty sure between him and must be in between him and Mares. They were two players that I sort of at points overlooked. Didn't really think about the impact they'd have at City. Um, and then just my phone notifications going up. I mean, Mares specifically. I don't know whether he'll come up in your squad later, but yeah. Rodri's been a, a real standout player this season. He's, he is absolutely phenomenal. All right, who are you placing alongside Rodri then? I'm playing Martin Odegaard, sort of in a two alongside him. Um, I think it's been brilliant. 15 goals, none of them penalties, seven assists. New Arsenal captain as well. I think he's set the, set the tone for a brilliant Arsenal season. So I think he could not be overlooked really. Yeah, I also picked Martin Odegaard for those exact reasons. Um, yeah, one of uh, one of the highest, if not highest scoring midfielder this season. Um, I'm just going to check that while before anyone quotes me on it. Uh, yes, I guess it depends whether Rashford's actually classified as a, a midfielder or, or or a forward. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll say he's the highest scoring midfielder this season. All right, so I also went for Martin Odegaard. Uh, I have one more midfielder. Do you? No, I've got I've got two wingers and two strikers. Okay, all right. Uh, well, I I went for Kevin De Bruyne. Um, self-explanatory, I feel. Um, he basic. I know Haaland is uh, the man to to put the ball in the net, but that we can all enjoy saying that he's a goal hanger, even though he isn't really. When he brings out overhead kicks and things out of nowhere, but look, KDB. I think he's so consistent. Yes, he's not had the highest goal scoring um season for him i'm just trying to find him on my list only seven goals but 16 assists is is a standout for me as a midfielder um yeah that's my choice all right hit me, yeah, hit that, was me one, with that was the one where i was like um he's the one that i think is so unlucky to miss out in mine but yeah. i just it was struggled to narrow it down he he won't sleep at night knowing that you've you've missed him out <laughs> by the way he is gonna he's gonna struggle to recover from that one uh, all right, so hit me with one of uh, one of your next players. Uh, on the left wing, I've actually overlooked my young player of the season pick, Martinelli, and gone Marcus Rashford. Mm. Maybe United bias in that, but I think he is the only reason, well, one of the only reasons why we are where we are. He's been our only reliable goal scorer. 17 goals, five assists. Yeah, no on the head, Rashford. Okay, perfect. Um, wait, how many players do you have left? Three? I've got three more after Rashford. Yeah, all right, I've got three more. Okay, cool. Um, so my next player is, I, I felt like I had to put young player of the season in there. So uh, Martinelli is in there. Um, he's got, I, I'm going to put him out on the left, which, which slightly mucks up my next selection, but I'll come to that in a moment. But yeah, I mean, Martinelli, you, you said it all for me. He's, uh, he's been... Absolutely fantastic. And recently signed a new contract at Arsenal, I think. Was it him and Saka that had been signing new contracts? I can't remember. Yeah, I think you might be right on that, yeah. Maybe. Anyway, all right. So hit me. Who's on the opposite uh, side of the pitch for you then? I think this man, along with Kane, has had one of the most underrated seasons in the league. And Mo Salah, I think 19 goals, 12 assists. And you barely hear about it. That's how high he set his own own standards. I like, think it's like Messi used to do, like with his standards yeah. being set so high. 
I think because Liverpool as a whole squad and team have had such a poor season for their standards, yeah. not making um uh not making top four. I think that probably is the half the reason it's been a bit dampened. But yeah, I mean an incredible season. Just on just on that uh on the brink of twenty goals, which I say needs to be needs to be made if you're you're the you're the main striker or whatever. Uh so yeah. I think that's a completely fair selection. Um, I my next player on the right hand side for me is Marcus Rashford. Uh, he doesn't traditionally start on the right for us, and every United fan much prefers him off the left. But we had to squeeze Martinelli in on the left, so Paul Rashford has to do the graveyard shift um, and go out on the right wing for me. But uh, I completely agree; he is the only reason Man United is third. I think. Yes, of course, there's been other players. Casemiro has been a huge signing for us. Um, but yeah, Marcus Rashford has had his best season in a very, very long time and been scoring absolute worldies um, while doing it. So Marcus Rashford for me. You have two players remaining. Is that right? Um, yeah. Reel one of them off for me, please. I've gone, well, we've already mentioned him at some point. Harry Kane, 30 goals. Single-handedly carry Spurs to. I mean, it was eighth, but it, without him, I mean, I don't know where they would be. Mm. He's been unbelievably good this season. So, and I would love to see him in a in a red United shirt next season. Hopefully, so. Um, look, throughout the summer, we're going to be talking a lot of transfers. I'm going to be doing transfer shows uh, live on Twitch for you all to interact with, along with uh, live streams uh, for watch-alongs of the boxing, the F1. Uh, there's a there's a there's a couple international campaigns coming up for the football. Really, really thrilling games. Malta and Macedonia. Uh, it's going to be tough day, <laughs> tough day at the office for the England England guys. But uh, yeah, lots of live streams. They're not going anywhere just because the Premier League season is over. Um, we're going to be talking all things football, F1, boxing, and uh, plenty of other sports throughout the summer. Now, my final pick is, and I I can't believe that that Kane isn't in my my best eleven. But there's not really any room to fit him in. Um, I would have lo- uh, loved plenty of players in there, but I mean, it's no surprise to say Haaland uh, is the man up front that's uh, taking that final 11th spot in my team. We've already spoken about him a thousand times tonight. I, I'm presuming he's your final pick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, not surprised. Not a surprise to anyone <laughs> that is Erling Haaland. Yeah, it is Erling Haaland. Uh, this man has had phenomenal praise all throughout the season and it's fully deserved but um, uh, he doesn't need any more for now. All right, <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, move on. Uh, can you hit me with your most enjoyable moment of the season or the biggest result of the season? Something that just stood out to you as quite a surprise. Yeah, I, I can, and it was actually not that long ago. Um... It was it was a it was a different bank holiday Monday actually, and I was sat down watching the footy, just stuck a bit of Brighton Everton on, thinking routine win for Brighton here. Uh, I think we probably had a couple bets on it, a Brighton win, um, probably to win without Everton scoring. Everton away, not the best, and what scoring after two minutes, I think it was, or maybe even a minute into the game, and go on to score five away from home at this Brighton team that everyone's been going on about how good they are. And Everton under Dyche go and score five away from home at the Amex. And I thought that was probably the most outrageous result this season. 
Yeah, that was the one. It, I I also had that as my game and moment of the season. Um, I missed the first half. I or like, I think I missed the first like thirty minutes. And Decore had scored the first two goals, I believe. Um, and I thought, look, this is phenomenal. And Decore scored an absolute world, well, a, a, a stunner of a goal yesterday. Um, if you were live on the Twitch with me, uh, you would have seen that. My reaction to that goal. Um, so I, I remember flicking on the flicking on um, the game, and Jason Steele had a howl. I think was it? Did he have a howler? Did he fumble? Yeah, the, fumble or something like that. Own goal. Own goal. Yeah, own goal for him. And then uh, Dwight McNeil also scored a double in that game, uh, and McAllister scoring uh, scoring one to to take the clean sheet off Everton. But yeah, I mean, what a phenomenal result that was for them. Uh, and am I right in saying their reverse fixture? Finished a similar scoreline, but Brighton's direction. I think it was four-one Brighton. I think it was four-one to Brighton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is quite incredible that you've had two pretty big scorelines going either way. So yeah, Everton absolutely fantastic. That was. I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised that we had um, equaling moments of the season. Now I am sat currently wearing a Man United shirt, but I'm going to metaphorically take this shirt off for a moment. Uh, and some of the other big results. For two Man United fans, this is going to be tough to discuss, but it is, of course, uh, the 7-0 that occurred. But if you look at where Man United were in the season, um, it was quite a surprise. Look, we're no no stranger to some shocking results. City have pummeled us in the past. Um, But that was an absolute howler. So from a Man United uh, point of view, because we beat them... 2-1 2-1 in the reverse fixture at the start of the year, start of the season, I should say. Um, and we'd beaten them 4-0 in last season's, our final game in the, for them. Was it? No, no, that was pre-season. It was pre-season. We beat them 4-0 pre-season. pre-season. We then beat them 2-1 at home and then went to Anfield and lost 7-0. I mean, I don't want to bring up so many traumatic memories um, for you, but is there anything you'd like to say or do you want me to move on? I think we can move past that. I think <laughs> there's, there's no need to revisit that. Really, no, need, no need to dwell on that any longer. Um, all right. Well, let's let's look ahead to some of the promoted teams for next season. This is where I'm hoping your knowledge comes in because uh, two of the teams I can say I know very little about. Uh, but we'll start with the team that I do know something about, and that is Burnley. Uh, Vincent Company at the wheel. I mean, what a phenomenal season it was them. Uh, it was for them. Uh, my first comment is, I think they will do an outstanding job next season, and I think they're going to do a Brentford. I think they're going to come in and they'll finish sort of tenth, eleventh, or twelfth. Which first season back in the Prem after being relegated is a phenomenal result. But but how do how do you feel having um, how do you feel having Burnley back in the Premier League? It's always bloody Burnley. Um, they love to. Love to pull out some shock results. Are you excited to see them back under the helm of Vincent Company? I very much am. I mean, I watched quite a bit of the Championship this season. I do like watching the Championship. Uh, it's kind of a second team in QPR as well. And having seen Burnley play quite a few times, I, it, it's really good football to watch. I mean, everyone's used to watching Burnley 4-4-2, smash it forward to the big men up top, crosses into the box, but it, it's completely different. They're looking to control the, control possession, control games, and yeah, I think it will be a really exciting addition, much like when Bielsa brought Leeds up, much like when Thomas Frank brought Brentford up. 
I think it'll be really interesting to see how they get along. And I think they will do well, as you said. Yeah. Um, and look, there, there's been talks around um, Vincent Company maybe being eyed up by some other Premier League sides. Do you expect him to stay? Um, and within that answer, if it's yes, um, could he be nabbed up mid-season next year? Delve into that. Point. Yeah. Yeah, um, I expect him to stay because I think a year is, I don't know if it's long enough for the foundations to be fully built. I think he'll want to challenge himself with Burnley in the Prem um, mm. and pay back some of the faith that, I mean, the owners put in him, appointed him uh, for a championship season. And I think he'll want to challenge himself, but I would not be surprised just because of what we have seen. In the, oh, I didn't expect Potter to leave uh, Brighton to go to Chelsea. And I just, I wouldn't be surprised if one of the big boys comes calling mid-season, mm. like a Chelsea or a Spurs. I mean, especially City. I mean, that won't happen, but especially if it's City, I can see him moving on if Burnley are doing well. I think probably we can all agree in the long term, I'd say three years probably, Vincent Company will definitely be a favourite for the City job. Um, mm. Pep's very good at leaving uh, his position before he gets fired. Uh, he knows when he's done enough and he can't win anymore. I imagine the goal for Pep is Champions League. Uh, and once he's done that, he would probably think, all right, one more season and then maybe maybe I head out. So if City do win this year, the Champions League, um, then possibly next summer, if Pep was to depart, if he didn't, if he wasn't further enough in the competition already to try and do it again um, or whatever... Uh, yeah, I definitely could see him him moving on there. All right, this is where I'm, I need your. I'm going to need your your serious knowledge. Let's start with. I want to leave the the mo for me the most exciting team, or at least the funniest team coming up to the Premier League to last. So let's start with Sheffield United next. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday recently promoted, by the way, um, as of this evening. Uh, is it this evening or was it yesterday? It was yeah, just. Uh, this afternoon, yeah. This afternoon, yeah, yeah. So, congratulations to Sheffield Wednesday. But Sheffield United, how? I mean, it's been a couple seasons since they were last here, was it? Uh, were, yes, they, go they got relegated to... in 2020, uh, the end of the 2021 season. Yeah. Okay. All right. Can you can you give me any sort of insight on how you expect them to perform? Um, and and was it a surprise to see them come up? Um, I don't think it was a surprise. They had a very good season the season before. Um, lost to Forest uh, on the penalty shootout in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. uh, so they were quite unlucky. They had Morgan, Morgan Gibbs-White, uh, Sheffield United that season. He was brilliant for them, as he has been this season for Forest. Uh, and this season, yeah, they've got a strong squad for the championship, especially Illiman and Jai, kind of like a star player. Um, he's brilliant to watch. I, don't, I worry about them a bit next season. Um, I think there'll have to be some serious investment like we've seen from Forest. Mm -hmm. But Paul Heckingbottom's done a very good job there. I think they could, they could stay up. I mean, they surprised me last time when they came up under Chris Wilder um, for the first time in a long time. Finished ninth in their first season. They were so, so good um, that season. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if they did it again and had a yep. good season. Um, Now, Luton, I didn't see... I Look, I, 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 tracked, I tracked the championship slightly. Um, and I saw Luton got themselves into, into you know, into the playoffs. Um, I didn't expect them to beat Coventry, actually. 
Uh, I did expect Coventry to come up. Uh, I watched the I watched the whole game. It was very very good. Uh, Luton winning seven uh, six on penalties. I can't remember what the actual score was. Um, but something. Let's go with that. I don't even know that's right. But um, yeah, Luton surprised, excited. What's the feeling here? A mixture. I thought they were brilliant this season. I mean, I'm, I, do you know what happened with their managers? I'll, I'll, I'll go no. to anyway. God, God, what a stupid question. As if, I, uh, as if I've been paying him attention. So Nathan to Jones was, was their manager at the start of the season. Nathan right. Jones. Um, but he was poached by Southampton. So they were uh-huh. doing well uh, under Nathan Jones. But Southampton took Nathan Jones. He then flopped at Southampton. Luton brought in Rob Edwards, who had Watford had appointed at the start of the season. Right. As their new manager. Um, Watford and Luton, big rivals. Watford sacked him after 10 games. Luton mm-hmm. swoop in after Nathan Jones has gone. Rob Edwards then takes Luton up. in, So finishes third. Finishes third in the championship, then takes them up through the playoffs. I mean, it's a, it's an incredible story, really. Yeah. How they let their, their, the rivals have taken their the manager that they've sacked after 10 games made Luton even better than they were doing under Nathan Jones and then take them up to the Premier League for the first time in a long time. Yeah, I mean, even from that short roundup, I have to say it's very, very impressive. Um, look, that's their stadium is abysmal. It's it's in tatters and they've got to pay like 12 million or 10 million in fines or to like get their stadium ready uh, for the Premier League. It only seats, like it seats 10, less than 10... No, ten thousand. Okay. Yeah. And uh, to get into one of to the away end, you basically have to go underneath someone's flat. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of, lot of changes. But I, what an away day that would be. I mean, I can just imagine the atmosphere there is going to be absolutely going to be electric. Um, but do you expect them to do well? Look, we can't say every team is going to stay up, but do you expect them to? I, I genuinely, Rob Edwards is such a good manager. So he got Forest Green promoted, then has got Luton promoted. It he could do it. I, I wouldn't depart the squad. I'm not the problem is the players. I'm not sure the squad is anywhere near Premier League ready. Mm. Um, there's probably only three or four that I'd say would continue to start in the Prem. But then we said this about Forest, and they stayed up. Yeah, I think it's the same situation with a manager where. They won't, they won't accept, like the fans won't accept if Rob Edwards is near the sack. The fans won't, didn't accept Steve Cooper being near the sack at Forest. And I think I think all three could stay up. I generally do think all three do you, could stay up. Do you know, this is a, a, a question for you, do you know when the last time all three promoted clubs stayed up? Uh, uh, this season. Oh, yeah. Very okay. good point. <laughs> I that I had to rack that through my mind. I was like, surely it's been years and years, but uh, yeah, glad you're. Still I don't know there. what it was before that. Yeah, I don't know what it was before that, but um, yeah, this season. So it definitely at least since Forest. I've been like tracking the Premier League, it feels like it's beat prior to this season. Of course, that was just yeah. a test. No, um, I agree. It must agree. have been forever uh, since we've had that. But yeah, look, I, I I'm always welcoming. I said it uh, uh, not that long ago, but I always welcome. Uh, to have more changes in the Premier League, which means, you know, three of the clubs, um, uh, three of the clubs that are promoted staying up and three different clubs going down. I think it's healthier for the league um, to to add more competition. Um, all right. Well, as we're talking about uh, predictions of promoted teams, 
what do you think next year in the 23-24 season is going to be something that shocks everybody in terms of either a high-placing team, do you see uh, a big manager being sacked, a surprise standout player? What? what give me one or two bold predictions. Uh, my favourite one that I've written down that um, I'm very interested to see what happens regarding their managerial situation. But I have written down Palace to push for Europe, oh. which is, a, I feel is a bit of a, a left field shout, but I think they've got a strong spine, good goalie, good centre-backs, good midfield. As a, at least say, if Zaha stays, I think it could, I think they could push for a conference league like Villa or Brighton have done this season. I think with, if they get Graham Potter in, I would be, I would not be surprised if they push for those sorts of positions. Is that is that the the expected route for Potter's next um, appointment? I believe there's been. I mean, I believe Palace wants it to happen. So uh-huh. I think it's whether Graham Potter decides that's uh, the best move for him. But I think it'd be a great move for him, and I think it would be both great for both parties. Um, well, my in terms of club prediction is I've got I. In terms, it's a similar sort of route to you, but I put Fulham to get Conference League. Um, I just think the turnaround that they've had um, over the last two seasons has been phenomenal. They're just edging their way up the uh, table season after season after season. And it was between Brentford and Fulham for for Villa's spot this year. Um, I, in a reverse point, I think Brighton will have a really poor season. Because, well, poor in the fact that I don't think they'll get themselves back into Europe for next year because mm. I think they're going to struggle with the additional games that they're not used to playing. And mm-hmm. the you know, Europa League can be filled with very, very different competition. Even if you're just looking at City, Arsenal, United, Newcastle, if we were all to drop out of the Champions League, it's not easy competition. Um, and look, Barcelona, Real Madrid... Juve, they're all regulars in either Europa League or Champions League. Um, Inter Milan, this list goes on. And they're sides that I don't think Brighton's quite ready to beat, um, at least not on a consistent basis. You know, playing, say it's not going to happen, but if Real Madrid came down to Europa League, um, can you play City on a... City on a Sunday and, and Real Madrid on a Wednesday and hope to get six points out of that. I don't think they're quite ready. Uh, so I my other my reverse prediction was that I predicted Brighton to go down to ninth or tenth because I worry that they'll try and spread themselves too thin um, and perform too well over the board. Any other any other bold predictions on any players managers? Yeah, I've got a few players written down that I think could do very well next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got Mikhailo Madrid. I think he's so bold. That is bold. That player. is really bold. But with Poch, Pochettino, mm-hmm. I think he could get the best out of Madrid and Madweke uh, on either side because I, I really like the look of both of them. I think with a proper manager, could get them both going. I've also got Richarlison written down, which again is a is uh-huh. an interesting one, but I think he might get the nod as Spurs' number nine um, or at least play in a front two with someone like he did at Everton uh, where he was yeah. so good with Calvert-Lewin. So so good um, with Cavalier as a front two for a good couple of seasons. So I think Richarlison as a as an outside shout as well to maybe hit fifteen goals in the league. 
um, if he's given the chance to lead Spurs' line. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, realistically, it's not actually that rogue. Um, because of the how well Kane was serviced at Spurs. Yeah. Uh, of course, he, he's a phenomenal player in himself, but you don't just get 30 goals for... for you know, you can't you can't score thirty goals on your own. Um, and a few years ago, Son signed a massive contract at Spurs, and I remember back then chatting to my mates about it, saying it was probably a bit of a mistake. And Son probably deserves a different club. Um, I'm not sure who would take him or where he'd quite fit in, but uh, with Kane gone, it definitely gives a chance for him to shine a bit more, increase his cut of tally, and and work alongside Richarlison, as you say. Um, I was trying to think about managers getting sacked. <laughs> it is surprisingly maybe a bit too early to call. Uh, but look, one of the one of the top six will go. Surely, surely it has to happen. I mean, we had the most managerial changes in a season ever this year. Was it fourteen or fifteen? I think in the end. Sounds about right, yeah. Um, so it's certainly been quite choppy. Uh, if you've been a manager, but anyone you'd like to see get sacked. Anyone you've oh, had enough of? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't see it. But the problem is, I always say this. Whereas, like, I don't see anyone getting sacked next season. But you never know. Mm. But I don't think we'll see Arteta, Ten Hag, Pep, Klopp, any of them get sacked. So it's Spurs. It's it's Spurs. It's the it's the success of Spurs' managerial appointment. How well they do. How well they start the season. And, and- also Chelsea. How well Poch starts. I think I I hope Poch gets the backing and the respect of Todd Bowley because we know he's uh he's been tried and tested in, in the Premier League and he's absolutely phenomenal. I'm a big Poch fan. There were calls for him at United at one point. Uh it wasn't my go-to, but I wouldn't have been mad about it. Um there were even links with him uh to the England side at one point. Uh so I think he's a fantastic manager. But yeah, it's it is a surprise to me. Uh, that Spurs haven't got anywhere with their managerial um, appointment yet. I mean, uh, Nagelsmann turned them down. Nagelsmann turned them down. Um, Luis Enrique turned them down, or I think they turned him down. They're, they're sort of losing all of the big players. Uh, I don't know if you happen to know anyone that's out there for them that's a potential target in the summer. Uh, well, they got rejected by... Um... The Feyenoord Nord manager on a slot. Oh yes, um, yeah, yeah. They've I just won that. the. He's just won the Eredivisie with um, Feyenoord. The one that I'm, the one that I think might do it is um is Ruben Amarim at um Sporting Lisbon, mm-hmm. uh playing. So he knows Pedro Porro uh, obviously because he was at Sporting. Uh, plays in a similar style to how Spurs have been operating the last few years with a, a three or five at the back. And it's done very well um, with them. So that could be a potential one. And then also they've been looking at Thomas Frank and Brendan Rodgers, which would be a weird one if Brendan Rodgers went there. Yeah, it's a shame really, because obviously a couple of years ago, Brendan Rodgers would have been a target for most, for a lot of, a lot of, a lot of Premier League teams. But uh, I don't think his, uh, his recent CV particularly uh, makes him stand out a little bit. Look, we've not got uh, not got long left. We do have to wrap things up shortly, but I just want to very quickly discuss. Um, let's discuss the top four. Did it finish the way you expected it to? Um, I mean, I remember doing a prediction very early back in January and saying 
I, I think Arsenal can do it. And then Arsenal went on a horrific run. Um, so, look, Man United did a fantastic job to try and, you know, and they, they to leapfrog Newcastle, um, to come all the way back up there. Eric Ten Hag deserves more respect, I think. Uh, I was surprised not to see him on, uh, on the shortlist for manager of the season. Eddie Howe has turned around Newcastle phenomenally. Uh, phenomenally. Uh, of course, we've mentioned that. Deserved top four. But to me, it looks about right. City, Arsenal, United, Newcastle. I can't complain. Yes, it's a surprise to not see Liverpool in there. But there's there's not, a spe- not enough space to have five clubs in four spots, obviously. Um, so just a, a little quick roundup from you, Matt, before we wrap things up here. How does how does that top four, and you can dive into top six if you want to. How does that feel for you? Yeah, about right. I mean, I've just found my um, pre-season predictions. Have you I got them? Have you got them? City, I found pre-season. Um, okay. City, Liverpool, Spurs, Chelsea was my top four that I went with. So wow. you can see how accurate that was. <laughs> I also had Fulham, Fulham and Bournemouth in 19th and 20th to go down. Wow. Okay. I could well, have tried... going down. That's it. Okay. Because I desperately tried to find my predictions because I know I did them. We I thought I did them with you and I thought I did them with Adam who's going to be coming on the podcast later in the week. And about about five days after you hear this podcast, um, Adam will be coming back for his end of season show as well. So yeah, I mean, you, you were, you were very far off with a couple of them, but um, well done for finding those. I was, I was surprised. Um, yeah. Bournemouth phenomenal job to stay up 15th place. Uh, really, really good from them. Look, we've got to wrap things up. Uh, we've been going for quite a while and this recording is very close to running out of time. Uh, but but anything uh, anything you want to say? Anything you want to add quickly? No, it's all good. Thanks for having me. It's good, mate. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. We're gonna hopefully I'm gonna try and convince you to come to a live show with me throughout the summer, um, on the Twitch. So we'll we'll discuss that off air. But uh, mate, it's been a pleasure. Thank you everybody for listening. I'll be back in just a few days' time with another couple of episodes for you guys. So I'll catch you all then. See you later. Mm-hmm.